Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. We have been on a little bit of an unexpected delay, but we have a great episode here today, and we give some information about the future design for this podcast. Today, we're joined by Clem Chung, as he is here to help raise awareness for his Autism Up fundraising run. He has a huge run plan, and he could really use your help with it. So tune in, give us a listen, and find out how you can help Clem with this major project that he's been planning. some uh, cooing babies in the background but hopefully all they do is cool. yeah we um, we're excited to come back today it's been a little bit of a break um, I think the last episode we might have done was introducing the boys to the world um, was that really the last I, one? I think so it's been a little oh, bit boy. or there, there might have been one in between there but they were involved in it no matter what um, so you might hear them again oh, today yeah, Shay and Jake were here Shay and, Jake and I had to leave yes because the boys were... were like hey mom yeah. So um, today we're here with um, our good friend Clem, and we're going to be talking about um, well his history in running and this uh, really awesome challenge fundraiser that he's got going on. So um, we're pretty excited. So welcome. Thank you. And, Thanks um, for having me here. Why don't we just um, jump right into it? So um, I feel like if you've been anywhere in the running community in the last few years, you've run into Clem yes. so in the in the Rochester running community. He's been at the road races. He's been at the trail races. He's kind of been all over all the place. Over. So um, I guess, you know, to just jump right into it, it's like, you know, what got you into running, mm-hmm. you know, in the first part? And then a little bit like, how did you find out about Trails Rock? What got you into trail running? And um, we'll kind of, we'll take it from there. And then Sheila can jump in every now and then too. Sure, yeah. So I feel like I'm part of a new guard because I haven't really been running for that long. Like I started in 2016. Um, My first race was the uh, Chase Corporate Challenge. Um, My company at the time uh, was participating in it. This is when they moved to the downtown location. Okay. At the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. So my company was like, at the time, was right across the street from the start line. Oh, that's cool. So they had a team and they said, hey, if you want to start up, you know, um, join join in and sign up for this so I did and then I'd always kind of like done running as more of like um, you know as a kind of exercise to get fit yeah. mm-hmm. um, or to prepare for another sport like a team sport yeah so I never really like took running seriously as a sport but this time like having signed up for this race I was like well let me see what I can do if I um you know, if I train <laughs> actually for train it. yeah you know. yeah so, so don't I want to embarrass give yourself in front well, of your work people yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so yeah I can't even remember if I'd set a goal for myself but just you know I'd try it out and I think I had maybe a couple of months to train and training was just really like getting outside the house Consistent. and running yeah I was gonna like ask how did you like you didn't have a I didn't have a plan, plan. no it yeah. was just like I was used to running like this three mile loop around my house every now okay. and again so then I was like okay um, what if I did that two times a week three times a week four times <laughs> yeah. a week and actually what I found was like that um, putting together the difference between each run mm-hmm. and like noticing the difference and then kind of like processing that information, yeah. that mental challenge was as much um, of an attraction to me as the physical challenge of getting fit. Mm, I, feel interesting. Like, I feel like that's there, there's a lot of analytical people in running. So I'm an I engineer. Like I was just so. going to say that's so interesting. <laughs> so like you, you probably eventually really quickly probably got to either an app or a watch 
and you were looking at data yep. and pace and mileage. Did and... you really? Like so it I was had... a pretty quick transition. Yeah. Well, I had I had an Apple Watch already. Okay. So so you I was already kind of were looking at data yeah. and stuff like that. So then I was like, oh yeah, like it records your runs and your paces. It's like, oh okay. So so then I was like just kind of using that as a platform to get into yeah. more and more of it. So that's great. And so, so you had a great yeah. experience at Chase Corporate Challenge. I mean, it was fun, absolutely. Yeah. So and then I was like, okay, maybe I could make this a thing. So then I signed up for a couple more 5Ks, running with friends, and then just kind of went up. Slippery you know, slope. It's a slippery slope, right? <laughs> so you, know, you know how that works. So yep. I'm sure my story of how I got into it is not that dissimilar from a lot of other people. Well, Sheila wanted bagels. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's bagels at a finish line? We got okay. bagels on a Saturday morning, and Brugger's had a, the Brugger's Bagel 5K. They had a brochure, and it said free bagels at the finish line. And she's like, let's do that. And I was like, And you okay. got, like, free coupons for six bagels oh, or wow. something at the finish. And so I was like, this is a no-brainer. So we registered, and then I was like, what's a 5K? And Eric, Eric was like, first of all, seriously? You second adult, of all, you adult onset yeah, runners. Yeah, second of all, it's 3.1 miles. And I was like, why wouldn't you let me sign up for three miles? <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, that's a mistake. So the corporate challenge is three and a half miles. And right. I yeah. thought it was a 5K. Oh. <laughs> so when I got to like three or two and a half, three miles, I was like, wait. I still have another mile to go. You know, I'm yeah. not going to be finished in yeah. a mile. So, yeah, that was a bit of a challenge in and yeah. of itself. Yeah, that happened. It, well, so sh- we, you had like a really basic watch. Yeah. And um, it clicked over to three, but we or 3.1, but we weren't at the finish line yet. And she like starts walking. I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, it says I'm done. I was like, you got to finish the race. He's like, we're not at the finish line. I'm like, I And then there am. was this like... I'm elderly like, fellow that she had made fun of at the start line. She's like, look at this guy. And then he went like cruising by. And I was like, you just lost to that guy. Yeah, you were heckling me then. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just want my bagels. I don't know. <laughs> what are we doing right now? Yeah. So, yeah. But so you, you've done some big accomplishments with running though. So, I mean, you started with the corporate challenge, mm-hmm. did some 5Ks. And like we said, it's a slippery slope. But um, it really yeah. hasn't been that long. Like you said, it hasn't been that long that yeah. you've been running. But you've no. done some pretty serious. Well, I mean, so I found I was lucky enough that I had enough fitness to go beyond that. But mm. right. So, you know, I, like I said, I was like starting with 5Ks. My initial goal was to get to a marathon. Um, okay. And that's partly because my inspiration for getting into running in general was my mom. So at the age of 59, she ran the London Marathon. That's her first and only marathon that she oh, did. Oh, I love that. That's so, cool. Um, How did she decide? Like, why did she? So she did it for a charity, and she okay. was like, you know, got into it. She ran a couple of half marathons on the way there, okay. and obviously it was, a, for her, it was a really big goal, and she was able to do it. She raised, you know, the money that she needed to raise, and it was fun. So I always thought, well, if my mom could do it, <laughs> I should be able to do it. Yeah. So once I knew I could well, do it family. and not like break my knees, <laughs> running was going to like injure me in that way. So I thought, okay, well, that's going to kind of be my long-term goal is get yeah. to a marathon. Um, and I ended up getting there a lot quicker than I thought I was going to get. So like I said, I started in 2016 and I ran my first marathon in 2018. Oh, wow. So That is quick. So yeah, so I didn't die. <laughs> So every time I don't die, and your knees are still fine. I keep signing up for yeah. other things. Yeah. You're so. like, well, I didn't hit my limit yet, so. No, right. So. So what um. Do you have a favorite distance that you've completed at this point? I mean, up until I ran marathons, and you know, at that point, I hadn't discovered the trails. So I would okay. say like, 
half marathon was my favorite distance like it is for a lot of people yeah so and i can understand why now yeah <laughs> like having gone to the marathon distance i could understand why people's why half, so. favorite was the half um but like i say i hadn't really you know figured out trails or ultra running i i knew a couple of ultra runners at that point um yeah uh, jen malik was a friend of um my wife's like they were um, we're being laughed at here so <laughs> Both think this is I, I apologize but i'm not really sorry about it no. <laughs> he's very cute um yeah so i had so a your friend so your wife was friends with jen malik yeah and i'd seen jen had ran uh, i think oil creek mm-hmm. and then yeah. twisted branch okay so you know just the thought of running 100k was like wait what yeah like having only run a 5k at that point i was like okay that just sounds insane yeah um, but as I get closer and closer to that distance, I'm like, okay, maybe it doesn't sound as crazy. So, yeah. It he thinks it's it. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I wanted to get into ultra distances after finishing my first marathon in 2018. Really? So you finished the marathon and you weren't like, oh boy. You were like, yes, well, what's so next? I will say I took a little bit of a break. Yeah. So I actually went back to school uh, in 2018 and I was uh, studying while I was training for my first marathon in that oh, first semester. I found out like, the busy. hard way yeah. that it <laughs> was a lot. Guy, so, yeah. <laughs> so after the first semester, I was like, okay, I can't do both of these things. I'm gonna have to like, you know, push running off to the side while yeah, I- Yeah, finish school. Yeah, finish school. <laughs> so after I graduated at the end of 2019, I was looking to get back into things and I wanted to do something a little bit distant, different. I knew I could do marathons and you know, yeah. move up to a different distance. So. Um, I always kind of thought that I would try and go for those crazy things that you yeah. know I saw other people like Jen do, uh-huh. um, but I didn't know how to get there. So right. I started asking people, and um, that's the way to do it. Right? Yeah. It's like slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, like we said. Um, so a friend of mine recommended uh, doing Green Lakes, oh, yeah. um, the 50k that they yeah. had there. They said it's a really you know beautiful and it's a accessible 50k yeah. for your first time. So I signed up for that, and of course, I signed up in 2020, uh, which was yep. COVID. Womp womp. I think that happened to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So Did I they had, cancel that race? They canceled it three weeks before the race. Yeah. So I was all geared up. You were up. ready. I was ready. Yeah. I was training throughout that I think we were the spring. last race in Rochester to be held when we did um, Last Runner Standing um, the week before St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Was it March 11th or something? Yeah. And then everything shut down on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, I remember it was Friday the 13th, actually, was oh, was the last funny. day when everything closed down. Because I remember, like, my office closed down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything kind of went. Although it was kind of, I think, really interesting for running because the next morning I got out and I ran down the middle of my road and there yeah, was and no nobody. cars. <laughs> yeah. Like, down a, like um, a zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah, like, this is a regular, like, busy street and yeah. there's no one on it. So it was yeah. kind of fun for the first it's, couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Like, running places where you wouldn't normally be able to run. Right. Or having, like, the extra time off. Yeah, Like, I right. guess, well, I guess that's, like, from a place of complete privilege. <laughs> Absolutely, right. <laughs> to say that it well, was, That happened but, um, in the parks, too. So, like, yeah. you know, we would we noticed all of a sudden the trails were very busy. Much busier. Right. You know? And that's one of the reasons I didn't want to go to the parks was because we were trying to avoid people and yeah, so. So what happened, so you were trained, I mean, the hay was in the barn at that point, you were probably in taper when they canceled. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I think I was just about to run my last long run and then I found out, and then I had to make a decision because I was like. I was just going to say, what did you do? Yeah. Yeah, I built up all this fitness, I was ready for this. Right. Um, So then I decided, well, I want to try and do the distance. Yeah. So I decided to do it on my own. 
which is You've done that meant, with a few things. Uh, I was just that's become say, a pattern for me. Yeah. But yes. But that's mentally really challenging. Well, a lot of people said, oh, like, you could do this. Like, you could go set up a course in a park or do right. something like that. And I figured, well, one of the things I liked about the Green Lakes course was that you passed through that point every, I think yeah. it's eight mile mm-hmm. um, figure eight loop. Yeah, I was looking at it's figure eight, right? Yeah. yeah. So I figured I could set something up like that, yeah. but use my house as the, as the aid station, right? Because yeah. then I don't have to like pack a cooler. Or, but that or is mentally taxing because you're at your house like every you time you pass through, you're quit. like, there's my couch. <laughs> so that was kind of like the thinking behind it. I didn't actually yeah. go into my house in the end. That's probably um, wise. But I, what I did was I designed like a clover leaf, okay, or four leaf clover. Okay. So do four like eight mile loops. Yeah, yeah. And tried to hit as many trails as I could within those From different where you loops. Were. That's cool. Which. Um, it was harder than I thought because, you know, eight miles, I could probably yeah. hit a lot of trails from my house. I live in Brighton. Mm. Right. Um, but four miles, you know, getting out I and was back just is a little back, bit yeah. more challenging. So, you know, I hit trails like uh, Corbett's Glen and, you know, the Ormond Trail and stuff like that. Um, I would have loved to have gone on the Crescent Trail and things, but that was just a little too far. far. So, yeah. So I set it up and it was a really, like, good weather day I would say is in August so okay. it started off relatively cool but then the temperature crept up mm. and having never run something this long before yeah. like that really got to me I also wore I wore completely the wrong shoes <laughs> so I wore like marathon racing shoes oh yeah and um you know that took a toll on my my feet my ankles so by the end of it, it was a pretty miserable experience yeah that's not ideal yeah um so you had a miserable first 50k did you run with anyone it no, was completely, it completely solo yeah okay um so again mentally i feel like that has like all of the ne- negatives i don't know <laughs> what the, the, right, the, the challenges yeah. yes there that's the yeah all of the obstacles like you're by yourself you're running on like the thing that you designed which are constantly going back towards your house yeah and like you did it so then what but you said it wasn't the most fun it wasn't the most fun but, but you weren't like i'm done I don't no want to do this ever and again. i think so <laughs> prior to going into it i said you know like i wanted to build up so i had this goal of you know running a, an ultra every year yeah so starting like 50k then the next year doing a 50 mile 100 right. 100 miles so within four years i thought that was a reasonable length of time to kind of get into i feel like it is yeah I mean, it's interesting to look at that from the um from a planning perspective, like a lot of people, I think, sort of stumble into the longer distances. They're like, you know, they did a marathon, maybe two or three, then they say, ah, maybe I could do a 50K, and then they look, you know. Yeah. But so you sort of looked at it, and you said, this is what I, I got a plan here. Yeah. <laughs> that, and okay. that's that, like, analytical mindset, right? right? Like, I'm going to break this well, down. So, so I will say that not every plan, you know, goes accordingly right so (laughs) so that was my plan but then once I went through this 50k experience I was like this is miserable like (laughs) if I really want to get to 100 miles let's just go do it so then the next year I actually signed up for 100 miles go big or go home yeah um it was the mighty mosquito so that and at that point because I hadn't run green lakes I had never actually run a trail race okay so I started to run on trails like not even a small one no so then once I decided that was going to be my goal, I was like, you know, what would be really cool <laughs> if my first trail race was, was 100, 100 miles? Because why not? So, so that's what I ended up, you know, practicing to do. So. Okay. 
So I ran a lot. I mean, I ran a lot in training. I just didn't do any races. And I feel like Mighty Mosquito, I love Mighty Mosquito, but also I feel like that's also kind of a mentally challenging race because Mm -hmm. of the loops. And it's not easy. Like the trail that you're on is, No. it's challenging. So I, you know, I definitely did a lot of um, training out on the the trails and got to know each of the loops very well. I love the green loop. I love loop one, yeah. well, the old loop one, I should say, because uh, it's changed. Which one now. did you design? I don't remember anymore. And they're different now. Now they're yeah. different, but they're yeah, I'm like now. I don't even remember. We but were on those trails all the time, trying to figure out yeah the best routes. But I love loop one. Um, it was probably the one with I think it's the one with the most elevation yeah but loop three had the steepest climb, I was just right because yeah. to make you go up yeah. cardiac twice so. yeah so yeah so I, I really enjoyed that you know and I, I found at that point I had found that I love single track I love running through the woods yeah you know, that's my thing um, so I really enjoyed the course I really loved it actually the section I was least looking forward to was loop two which was the flat part yeah. running in the grass. The, the fields. The I, I hate I the grassy hate fields. Grass. Grass is Me like too. my worst terrain. Which is yeah. funny, I because I grew up with cross country, but I I do despise running on grass. Yeah. yeah. So so I went through that and um, you know I thought that I had good training coming into that. I'd actually I don't know if you guys remember. I may have reached out to you at the time. I did the full loop of the Many and the Jenny course. The year before it became, yeah, yep, I remember. Real, yeah. So the only reason I did that was because I was by myself and I had to get back to the same point. Right. Yeah. So I ended up, um, you know, previewing, I guess, right. the future the actual... Many in the Journey course as I did that. So it was 40 miles that I did on my own. So this um, is so interesting to me because I do not know you as a solo runner. I feel okay. like, yeah, I feel okay. like. You are such a social, at least when I see you, you're okay, so social yeah. and you're always with people. So when did that transition happen? I mean, I do most of my running, I think, um, solo. Do you really? Like I do a lot of- Like your like, trainings? Yeah, I do a handful of group runs. You yeah. know, there's a few group runs I do every week and then, you know, I like to see my friends. But, but I would say that especially as I start getting into those upper distances and training for ultras, I do the bulk of that on my own. Okay. So I do like to run like with an audiobook or a podcast or something okay. like that and just kind of zone out. Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, that's a, a lot of the time that I get by myself too yeah. is when yeah. I do those things. So I get to enjoy things that otherwise I wouldn't normally get to do. I feel like I'm, I'm much more of a social runner. You like to do the long runs by yourself. Yeah. Or at least when you were, you know, doing Virgil and yeah, Cayuga. You, you had done almost all of them alone. Yeah. So. Or people would join for a little bit here and there. I was just going to say, I think I liked having people for some of it, but I don't know, something about suffering. Like, I just need to be alone. <laughs> let me let me work it out on my own. I think there's also, you know, part of the challenge for me is, like, that's the ultimate challenge is, like, being able to do these things on your own right. as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's great when you have support. And definitely, you know, there's races I've run which I wouldn't have been able to have done without support and with friends and right. everything out there. But, you know... Well, at the to end me, of the day, totally hitting that goal. whether you have support or not, on the day of the event, it's up to you That's to right, take yeah. that next step or to not take that next step, right? So um, training that way is probably beneficial. 
Yeah, because so. I think training should prepare you for the conditions that you're going to have to right. expect in the race. Yeah, it's we, we used to talk about it a lot. If it was you know crummy weather, cold, rainy, and um, she would she would be like, oh, I don't want to go out. And I said, Well, it might be like this on race day, right? You know, and if you've put the time <laughs> and the energy into those practice runs per se, um, you're much more prepared. It's like it's funny because like it's not like we're professional athletes. No, but. We're going to go do a thing that we set a goal and we want to reach and accomplish, and there's only one real way to do that. I mean, you can suffer through anything, but no, the best way to do it is to prepare. And I think that's a, that's a really good point, and something that you mentioned there about not being professional athletes. I used to think that this, some of the ways that professional athletes train, that they weren't available to me because right. you know, I wasn't going to win a race. I wasn't going to place. You know, yeah. I didn't deserve those things because I was just a hobby jogger or right. an average runner. But then when I started to put it in those terms, it's like, okay, you set a goal mm -hmm. and you want to put yourself in the best position to achieve that goal. Well, you have these supports, these resources yep. available to you, so why not use them? So that's when I started like reaching out, um, looking for a coach. Yeah. It's like because there's someone who has expertise, knows the thing that you're trying to do, mm -hmm. and can give you support and ideas on how to how to do that, how to improve your training, your nutrition, your mental performance, all of those different things. Right. Re remind me your coach again. So my coach since I started ultra running is uh, Jim Sweeney. That's right. And uh, for those who don't know, Jim Sweeney, um, he's based in Albany, mm -hmm. um, but he's very familiar to folks here, especially because of his exploits at Twisted Branch. Yeah, and um, I ran with Jim in college. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. So um, I know him from way back. He is a little bit older, so he might not, I might have been a freshman, okay. so I'm not sure. He's in his early 40s. So. Yeah, so, um, but it's interesting to see... Um, not many people from the college realm continue to run as, as yeah, adults. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I think it's, um, talked about it in the past, I think it's so hard to maintain that level, mm -hmm. and then it's hard to admit that you're not that runner anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but Jim has actually, I think, improved since those days as, as, as he devolved into <laughs> ultra running. Yeah. So... But yeah, so you're, you're using, um, you, you've had Jim as a coach and, and you've said, you know, like, let me look at some like meaningful runs that I want to accomplish and set some goals. And you've done some big things. Mm -hmm. So like um, you've finished a hundred miler. So I just finished a hundred yeah. miler a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Yeah. So that was kind of, oh, I, sh I should say that when I ran um, Mighty Mosquito, I didn't finish. <laughs> so, so that was my first 100-mile attempt, Sure. but I didn't get to the finish How line. far did you make it that day? So I got to 40 miles, and then my knee gave out, yeah. so I couldn't run anymore. But I was still able to walk, and I still had plenty of time. So I got to about um, I got to 79 miles and then just basically timed out. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was a DNF, but I also... That was the first time I'd ran 50 miles. It was the first time you're putting your body K. through something, an experience, and a memory. Yeah. So it was also the until I finished Canal Corridor a couple of weeks ago, um, it was the longest I had run in terms of time as well. Okay. So when I was running Canal Corridor, I was like, oh yeah, like this is a, a really, you know, it's a thing when you're running for that long. <laughs> yeah. So you finished that 100 miler. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we know afterwards we're going to talk about, our, the, the, after the break, we're going to talk about the, the big run you have coming up. But is this all sort of a progression towards that? Yes. So. I mean, I picked that because it was something that I had never done before. Right. So it had to be something that I felt could push me. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is um, I'll give a quick tease to it. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this. But um, correct me if I'm wrong, but coming up 
pretty soon you're going to be running 144 miles all the way around Monroe County. That's the idea. That's the idea. So, so cool. let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and learn all about that. All right, we're back and we have moved the tiny humans into the other room. So maybe they'll leave us alone for a little while. They are making a lot of noise in there though, so <laughs> they are. I'm not holding my breath. But we teased um, before the break this 144-mile um, run all the way around Monroe County um, that Clem has planned. And so we're going to give him an opportunity to talk a little bit about it. But um, my understanding here is that this is a fundraiser for an organization called Autism Up. That's correct. So, so Autism Up is a locally based, uh, Rochester-based organization that helps support autistic individuals and their families. And um, we first came across them in 2013 when my son was three years old. Um, that's when he got his autism diagnosis. And they actually had um, a family navigator like right in the clinic um, oh, wow. where he was diagnosed. So it can be very scary when your child is diagnosed with any kind of disorder, whether it's mm -hmm. developmental or anything else. So the first feeling you have is you're kind of like swimming, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't know what to do with mm -hmm. like this new information you've just received. Right. So to have someone there you know, who helped guide you to resources and you know, right. what the next steps are, that was really, really important. And, and all along, you know, advocacy has been a really important um, service that they provided. They have classes, um, you know, in terms of movement, socialization, you know, different um, services that they offer kids okay. and families. But really for us, one of the biggest pieces that they had were the people that, that knew the different resources, knew how to address, um, you know, the state agencies right. and schools, school districts, all that kind of stuff. So that's been invaluable to us as a family. Yeah, having a resource for, I mean, I just, because we both work in education and, and so often we are trying to advocate for students where families don't have a connection or a resource, mm -hmm. especially if you're if you're working with a refugee population or, you know, a population of folks that, that may be impoverished and they don't have access and things might exist like mm -hmm. like this program, right? Mm -hmm. Like this organization. And if we don't get the word out and we don't share for those students, they don't have the same opportunities. Correct. So it's really important. Yeah. So so I wanted to go back to, you know, the marathons a little bit because, yeah. you know, People ask, so, you know, what kind of races do you want to do? What are your bucket list races? So, right. you know, it would be nice to say, you know, I'd love to run a major. I'd love to run New York or London yeah, or something sure. like that. One of the things that I was thinking about, though, if I was going to sign up for New York is, um, you know, you have to raise money to get in. Yep. Right. You know, get a volunteer or a ch charity spot. Um, I knew I was never going to qualify for Boston. So, like, oh, that's, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not that, I'm not good enough to get into that <laughs> level. But, um so yeah, so volunteering and, and raising money is the only way that I'm going to get in. And I was thinking, well, there's hundreds of thousands of people who want to run these races every single year. Right. So the charities that are based in the cities where those races are, they're not lacking Local, for people right. trying to raise money for them, right? Right. So if I have, if I only have so much ability to raise money, I'd rather spend that time and my my ability to raise money in the community where I'm from because no one's coming to Rochester mm. the same way they're coming to New York yeah, and London to raise money. Yeah, that's true. It's a good money. point. Yeah. yeah. Right. So so this was definitely you know me wanting to give back to the organization, but also wanting to recognize the fact that I have access to resources. I have a right. network that I can tap into for sponsorships and donations, and I want to make a difference in my community because. You know, I feel like I have a responsibility to this community. Yeah. yeah. And I think like, you know, you knew about this resource 
and hopefully talking about it here today, hopefully other people might hear. And even if they don't end up needing the resource, maybe you, do, you just never know how this might have a ripple effect and like someone might yeah. hear it and be able to direct someone else mm -hmm. to Autism Up. And it sounds like an amazing organization. Like yeah. It's just an invaluable. Yeah. So, so let's talk about it for a minute. So um, you're going to be going um, one lap in Monroe County, which you're going to plan on around 44 hours and 144 miles. And what we're looking at there is to sort of honor uh, one in 44 children yeah. is diagnosed with some sense, some form of autism. So it actually didn't start out like that at okay. all. I just was kind of looking for some crazy thing that I could okay. do. And I said, oh, yeah, you know what? So I, um, I work for Monroe County. I, I started my job you. there in 2020. So I was thinking about doing something associated with Monroe County. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, what if it would be like, it would be really cool if I could draw a map on Strava. Right. It would show like the boundary of the county. So, yeah. so I uh, put a, a route into Rungo and okay. it just happened to be 144 miles. Okay. So then I was like, okay, um, what could I do with that number? And that's where the uh, one in 44 autism diagnosis rate right. came in. So then that also gave me my time knowing that, um, the, 40, like, the 44 yeah, hours. I, I mean, I could say I was going to do 144 miles, but in what right. time However frame long I, it took. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. the 44 hours gave me something to work towards, and it averages out at like an 18.30 pace. Okay. So most Give 100 a cushion. miles. Give me a little bit of cushion. Okay. Most 100 milers are like 30 hours, yeah. which mm -hmm. is an 18-minute pace, right? So I thought, okay, that sounds about reasonable for something with that distance. Wow. That I is mean, very analytical yeah. of you to <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with all that. Yeah. But it also, I mean, that also set my fundraising goal too. Right. So, so. Let's, let's let's bring that up then, because th that is what this is, right? So, um, like you say, you want to give back to this community. You want to give mm -hmm. back to an organization that gave to you folks, mm -hmm. um, to your family. So your fundraising. Um, so I know I'm going to be able to put a link in the show notes about for how people can. Yep. But what are what are the different things that people are, are doing, can do? What what's the run? doing how is it making money for us sure yeah so i mean primarily like you say it's it's fundraising and um you know people primarily have been giving you know directly to the charity which right. is fantastic um when and that's I, right through the um donor perfect link that we'll put online mm -hmm. okay um so initially i've never fundraised for anything before in my <laughs> life so i had no idea what to expect in terms of being able to raise money sure. and it wasn't like you know there was a specified goal to hit either right. so so i started small right small at $1,440. I wanted to kind of keep put the that number in there. Okay. The theme, yep. And, um, you know, I put it out on my social media and within two weeks I'd already achieved that. So yeah. I was blown away by the generosity of people, um, who donated, but it also kind of let me set my heights a little bit, uh, my sights a little bit higher right. and say, okay, well, let me be a little bit more ambitious with my goal. I'm always, I don't know why, but I'm always shocked when when we ask for money for a cause um, that people show up. Yeah. Um, during COVID, mm -hmm. when the stores were closed, and we're like, let's do this COVID nineteen miler, and, and people can give us nineteen bucks, and we'll give it to the running stores, and people were giving hundreds of dollars, and yeah. we ended up raising like almost twenty thousand dollars for the local running shops. Like the running community really does step up, and a big chunk of what the running community is is fundraisers right these runs yeah. are fundraisers for causes and we're trying to raise money for community organizations and so um, it's pretty cool to see so where do you stand now so i'm pretty close to my goal um Your my revised ultimate goal. goal my revised goal yeah so my revised goal was fourteen thousand four hundred. okay and um you know i 
like I said, I got to the 1440 pretty easy, easily, like very quickly. Right. Um, but I knew at some point I need to tap into some corporate support because sure. I knew individual donors wouldn't necessarily get me to that higher level. So, so I've been very, um, uh, you know, um, encouraged, enthused by the level of support that I've gotten from companies as well as okay. from individuals too. So. Well, hopefully when we get this out to some listeners, um, hopefully a few more people will tag on and and um, realize this is a pretty cool challenge that you've got going on and, and give a little donation. Yeah, so in addition to donations, I've been trying to do some fun things along the way too and put some like little challenges out there. Um, so the last one that I have coming up, it will be uh, from November 3rd to November 6th. So I think that's in a week or so. Yep. Um, I'll be doing a silent auction. Okay. So I've got some really cool prizes, a lot of like fitness related things, including sure. some race entries. Some race some entries, Some of your yeah. favorite local <laughs> races. I saw some of the lists. So obviously, you know, we, we have um, many on the Jenny and many light, but so those are our Trails Rock events. But what, el- what else is in there? What else can people win? Um, so there's everything from, um, you know, new, uh, there's a nutrition package, there's some um, uh, fitness uh, memberships to Orange Theory, um, uh, some PT sessions, okay. um, and then stuff which isn't necessarily exercise related. Uh, you know, there's a case of wine and some beer. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, something for the kids, um, yeah. you know, tickets to go see like the... Um, the Amherst and the Nighthawks. So there's hopefully a little yeah, bit of everything. A little so diversity in for there. those Bills yeah. fans, I do have an autographed Bills jersey too. Ooh. So is that a surprise jersey, or do we know who it is? It, it's right there on the image. So it's a Von Miller. Von so. Miller. All right. How about that? That's exciting. So, um, so pe- like I said, people can can donate right on the site mm-hmm. that we'll put out, or they can participate in the silent auction. We'll give you information on that. Yeah. Um, any other ways that people could get involved? Um, so obviously like I'll be doing the run in three weeks and, um, I think kind of going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, like I, I do like to say, or to prepare myself for doing things on my own. One thing that running Canal Corridor, um, really kind of humbled me (laughs) into realizing is that, um, I do better when I have support. Right. So um, running that hundred miler, my friends and also you know Trails Rock um, friends uh, Shay Coleman and Jake Chard and Tracy Hardis, um, they were really instrumental I think in helping me to get to the finish line. So I will be looking for people to help support me along the way, okay. either crewing. Um, that I've identified like fifteen checkpoints, aid station locations. So it'd be nice if someone could, you know, meet me with a car or a cooler or something. Yeah. So I could, um, you know, replenish my supplies. So do you have that? I'm assuming you probably already have that all mapped out. Yeah. So, so I have those points mapped yeah. out, and I have uh, maps of those locations. And talking with the property owners right now, okay. just to get, make sure that everything's kosher with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so those are the points where I, um, I will be, you know, meeting with people getting the stuff for the next leg and, and, you know, if I need to change clothes, because it's November, you don't know what the weather's going to do. <laughs> it could literally be anything. <laughs> yeah, so um, I need to kind of be ready for that. But um, I also wanted to give people an opportunity if they wanted to run any section of this along with me, they can jump in at any point too. Okay. So um, unlike a race necessarily where like you might want to go a little bit faster than, mm-hmm. you, you know, I've got no time goals to this other than to to actually meet the uh, 44 hours. 
So every time that I've put into my plan where I'm going to be, my goal is to hit that exactly. Okay. Um, so it doesn't benefit me to run any faster. Correct. And if I'm slower, you know, I've got some contingency built into yeah. those uh, aid station rest times. Yeah, I mean, so what we're looking at, I mean, this is not a race. This no. is this is a, uh, a challenge yep. um, that you're putting out there for yourself. You're like, hey, I want to run these miles to raise this money to support this organization. Um, so anybody that were to come out probably has a good understanding of that. But there were, we would be coming out to spend time with you. Not right. to, we're not there to push you no. or like, you know, move the pace forward. It's, yeah, it's my hey, pace we're, we're going to be hanging out. My paces are relatively, um, I'd say, simple. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at running like 13-minute, 15-minute mile paces. Okay. So for those of those out there who are worried, oh, you, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep up. Right. You know, definitely won't be running fast. Not for yeah, this. it's, um, it's a, you're about covering distance, not about doing a speed challenge here. Right. So... So, okay, so you'll have that information, um, and when it's ready, we can get it out to share, like once you have all your approvals yep. and all that. Um, but how has training been going for you? How, what's What are some of the challenges, and, and what are some of the like really positive moments that you've had during training? So I knew that um, coming into this season, I knew that this was going to be my thing, and I knew I was going to run it at the end of the year. So the reason I'm running this in November is because as part of the route, I need to cross the Irondequoit Bay Outlet Bridge. Okay. And that is <laughs> and only available to me yeah. after November 1st. So That's I knew right. I was going to be doing this later on in the year. I'm excited for when that swings show, open, I guess you would say, so yeah. we can try, cut across the bay instead right. of go all the way around. So, yeah, because I, I, I didn't want to add another 13 miles to my 100. Right, and they're hilly miles too. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I, I knew that I was going to be doing this in, in November. And then, you know, thinking about this from the beginning of the year, um, I really wanted to give myself a long uh, run up towards this. Last year, I trained for Twisted Branch, or yep. ran Twisted Branch last year, and I had a relatively short, uh, shorter time to train for that because that race is in August. And, um, you know, I had to put some very high mileage weeks in there, which meant spending a lot of time away from home. So I wanted my training this year to be um, based much more locally and to spend uh, um, less time away from home, I guess. Um, so that meant doing lower volume, but spending a longer time getting up to the um, to the distance. So, okay. so I've been training for this for seven, eight months. Um, I have had uh, three kind of intermediate races to kind of mm -hmm. put some of my strategy into place. So I ran Mind the Ducks yep. uh, in May. And that um, was not good weather. That was 10 hours literally running in the rain. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think I've ever been submerged in water <laughs> for that, that long. long in my entire life. Yeah. Um, so, but the aspect of running a loop, you mm -hmm. know, running on pavement, you know, I've never done an ultra like that before. Yeah. Um, then I did many on the Jenny uh, in July, July because it was, um, you know, different this year, different month this year. And then I did Canal Corridor as my um, as my lead up into this, and that was important to at least mentally for me to know that I could cover that distance because up until that, I've only ever gone half the distance that I think I'm going to need to go, right. that I will need to go for this challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, but you covered the hundred and you did well. How, how's recovery been? How, how's that working out for you? Um, so the first few days were pretty bad. So I, hundred miles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually ran the first 50 miles really well, or maybe a little too well. And mm -hmm. that's probably why the second 50 miles didn't go so well. I ended up having some knee issues okay. um, through the second half of that race. 
So coming off of that, my knees were pretty swollen. It took like three days for the swelling to subside. And then I could actually like poke around and figure out what was actually injured. Um, and it was a slow week and a half, I would yeah. say two weeks to get back to the point where I was able to run again. But I feel pretty good now. Um, I still haven't gotten any like uh, huge amounts of volume in, but you know, well, you my hundred miler was the volume. So yeah, um, it, you'll take your time to recover from it. And then the really cool thing is now your body knows how to do that. Your yeah. mind knows how to do that. And so you can hopefully, you know, kind of blow past that point because you've done it right. Yeah. And, and you'll have support and you have this big goal in front of you. And I think sometimes, sometimes when you're running for someone else or for something else, it gives you a better purpose, right? Like running is a pretty intrinsic sport. Like mm -hmm. I, I ran, um, competitively through college and, um, the days where I felt like I had to do something for the team, I definitely performed better than the days I felt like I wanted to do like set a PR or run a good race. It was like, Hey, we would sit down before the, before each meet our coach, we would score the meet out. Like you need to do this, this, and this, and these three events. And then at the end of the day, we win by this many points. It's yeah. like, okay, well, if you're in the middle of a, a mile and you need to be in third and you're in seventh and you know that you need those points, yeah. it is way easier to make that move than if you're like, well, I'm just here for me. Right. You know, cause when you're here for yourself, sometimes I think it's easier to quit. And that's, you know, that's really, um, parallels my experience from last year to this year. So running twisted branch last year, my goal was to get a Western States qualifier and yeah. I did achieve that, but I felt it was a strange feeling afterwards because I felt like I didn't really achieve it or I wasn't really, um, satisfied with sure. the experience so you know after that i had a lot of struggles mentally about you know whether even i wanted to continue running it was that challenging yeah. to me um so i reached out to a mental performance coach mm -hmm. um, her name's addie bracy she's actually written a book on mental performance um, for ultra running um, she's a pretty accomplished ultra runner herself so um, i've enlisted her as a coach over the last year and she's really kind of helped delve into some of those um you know, fundamental and underlying factors. Yeah. And one of the big things is like finding your why, like you yeah. talked about. So for me, we worked out that my why, um, you know, one of my values is service. Right. So that really kind of like tied to this idea of giving back to the community, giving mm -hmm. back to this charity and using that as a motivator yeah. to kind of do things even when I don't want to. Do. Yeah. We, we've, Sheila and I have talked about this so, so much with just the two of us because we each had completely different reasons why. Yeah. So um, when, when she was running and training before you know, we went through everything we've gone through with the, the babies, it was like we couldn't have kids. And she felt like, hey, I, I can control this. My body can do this. And this is a really amazing thing. That I can do so I can't do that thing over there but I can I can do this mm -hmm. and it was very easy to motivate through for her saying like look at look at what I can do yeah. you know um, and for me it was like I was always trying to relive those glory days and I think the best thing that ever happened to me was all these surgeries because you'll never relive those days yeah. and so now I can sorry I started running again this week <laughs> starting to look at like why do I want to do it because I love being around all these people and yeah. I love being around this community and I want to go out and spend a day in the woods with my friends, right? So, like, that's a very motivating factor mm -hmm. for me to be able to get out and go do things. I haven't been around. There's a lot of folks, I would include you in this category, that don't know me as a runner. Yeah. Right? Like, but I would love to go run some miles with you, but I just mm -hmm. haven't been there, right? Right. So, um, 
finding that why is really important. So I think you have a really good one here. Um, 144 miles is a long way, and it, we know it's not going to be easy, mm -hmm. but I feel like you've got a really strong support crew. Every time I see anything online, any event you're doing, you've got people there supporting you, and I think I'm pretty sure people are going to show up to support this one. I bet you'll be surprised with how many people and who are at these little checkpoints waiting for you to run some miles or hopping into the middle of a, a stretch where you didn't even know somebody was going to show up. I bet that will happen, and I think um, it will probably be pretty uh, motivating and energizing for you. I mean, I, I never like to take anything for granted, but you're right. You know, any time that I've ever asked for support, I've been overwhelmed yeah. by the generosity of people around this community. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because if you get on social media, you can really quickly devolve into all the fighting and the bickering and, and the back and forth. Uh, but it also has given a community like running an opportunity to really come together. And you see it with different aspects. But the running community, I talk about it a lot. There's something different about it. And I think when you go out and you say you're going to do a four-hour run in the woods, you better talk. <laughs> Or it's a little awkward, sure. right? Yeah. And then you start talking and you get to know people on a completely different level than you would ever get to know them in an office setting mm -hmm. or at a bar or playing pool or golf. Like it just, for some reason, I don't know if it's the endorphins from the running, it, we share more, right? And um, there was a new study that just came out um, that I'm probably going to be talking about in a few weeks about, you know, people say running is my therapy and the mm -hmm. therapists say no running is right. not therapy. Right. But the research is showing it's very much like therapy yeah. um, when you're doing it in a group setting. Okay. And um, you look at groups like AA and, and, mm -hmm. and other group stuff works. Um, and so being around a community of like-minded people, it, it gives you an opportunity to grow together. Mm -hmm. um, we just recently had a, a funeral that we attended for um, uh, Dylan Jennings, one of the local runners that passed away. And it was, you know, a lot of the local running community was there and you can to see the, the hurt in people's eyes because we know each other and you really get to love people yeah. out on these trails and these runs and they become a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. um, they travel to races with you or they, right. they're checking up at two o'clock in the morning on thing. How's he doing? You know, like yeah. people, it's really exciting. I mean, it's so, crazy. You know, when I was out there in the middle of the night doing this hundred miler, you know, people were texting, you know, my crew saying, hey, where, where, like, how's he doing? Right. There was one guy who was um, running the Chicago Marathon the next day and he sent a text at two in the morning and they're like, what are you doing? You've got <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> do your race. But, but he was no, thinking right. about you. Yeah, so, no, that's that's really important. I think that, you know, ultra running um, in particular, like you are spending those hours, which you yeah. don't generally spend with a lot of people. Yeah out there with nothing to do but to talk to each other right so <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the woods talk run and pee <laughs> yeah. so, and i think that you know when you're especially when you're doing something like running um you know you've expended so much energy that um you don't have energy to kind of keep up this guard or this facade that yeah. you have in your day-to-day -day life so you end up being more vulnerable and you end up sharing a lot more about yourself personally with others and i think that's yeah. why some of these bonds uh, really really close yeah it's i i love it i love being part of it i love watching it happen sometimes i might get a little frustrated because i feel like people get a little clicky but then when i sit back and think about it i'm like well they've developed a, a great deep relationship and yeah. of course they feel that way like you know yeah. um and but the other thing is hopefully the community stays open and welcoming to those like hey we've got this group anybody can come join it you know that sort of thing yeah, i so. think if anything it feels a little maybe cultish yeah like to, the, yeah. to an outsider but once they come in and they realize yeah, you sure. know what's going on i think it's really beneficial yeah, you run how far 
<laughs> how many people are I don't even want to drive that far. Yeah, right. You're going to get a bunch of that. But um, listen, I think you're doing something that's really cool. Uh, we're excited to be a part of it. Um, what did we miss? What did we leave out? Anything? Anything we need to No, I think over? you covered it all. Like, all right. really, um, I'm, if you can come out and cheer me, you know, at the start, the finish line. Um, so I'll be starting and finishing at Ontario Beach Park. Okay. Uh, so actually all of, not all of the locations, most of the locations uh, should be pretty accessible. Um, but definitely at the start and finish yeah. line, I've set that point. So if people wanted to come out and cheer me on, there's plenty of access Great. to me there. And like yeah, I said, of parking and yeah, amenities. Um, like I'm trying to hit those, um, those times on, sure. the, on the schedule so people know, you know, when to come out and they're not checking, oh, like he's two hours ahead of schedule or three yeah. hours. And you'll share schedule. that to us, right? Yeah. So we'll be able to get that out to people. So, right. So the run starts at 4 p.m. Okay. On Friday, November 17th and finishes at noon sunday november 19th all right so what we're going to do is we're going to get all this information um onto our show notes um and then we're going to get all this information out to our social media and we're going to try and spread the word so that people can either get involved donate um you know uh, buy something from that silent auction um, bid on something uh, hopefully they win um so we'll do all that so hey I've got a few things that I'm going to wrap up, but I'm really glad that you joined us today. I, I'm super excited about this, and I can't wait to see how it goes for you. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, um, you know, to put this out there. And, yeah, anything that anyone wants to learn about yeah. autism, please go visit the Autism Up website. Awesome. So normally, um, Sheila would be here. We People may have noticed that she disappeared. Um, we have um, some cranky children today. They, they're normally great, but today was the day they chose. They didn't take a nap. And so at 6.52 at night, they are ready for a little mommy time. So she's with them. But I did want to real quick let people know our plan for the podcast moving forward because we did take a big break. Um, we had the kids. We did a quick podcast or two. And then we were like, hey, we went back to work. And we are figuring this thing out with two babies in the house. But um, we initially, to try to drive some audience to the podcast, we were weekly. And we brought guests in, all different guests we are going to keep doing guests. Um, we have a whole list of people that we have topics to come in, which we're pretty excited about. But what we're going to do is the podcast is going to move to an every other week um, episode. And then the guests will only be once a month. The off week will be just Sheila and I. What we're going to do is we're going to have a topic for each week that we will individually research. And we will sort of have a little what's happening in the running world um, or maybe some debates. Like if I was going to say, I don't think UTMB should be an event. And she was like, UTMB is awesome. And we could have a conversation. We could each bring our points to the table. Uh, but so we have some really cool topics that we're going to bring up about that. We'll talk a little bit about the business of running, um, you know, the history of running, some really cool things that we'll do. And then we're going to bring in some guests. We have some really cool um, guests that we're going to be bringing in from the Crescent Trail Association, from Grok. Um, hopefully some race companies and running companies and local running groups. Um, we have a lot of stuff planned. Um, and maybe even Clem had given us a, an, op an option here of bringing in a panel of spouses of runners that don't run <laughs> and have a panel discussion about what that is like for, for them as um, non-runners. So we have a lot of stuff coming up. We're pretty excited about it. Um, but again, Thanks for joining us today, Clem. Uh, we'll Thank get you. this episode put together, and we'll we'll hopefully get some people out to run and support with you. Thanks, I appreciate right. it. Thanks so much. Adios. Sounds great. <laughs>